accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am alive. <laughs> That's a good way to be. It's a good <laughs> way to be. Man, not, not only are you alive, but you are live right now at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. That's right. Uh, we've got all the cobwebs out. We're, we're actually on the same wavelength. And uh, and yes, we are able to broadcast to you uh, through the Facebook page. And hey, if you want to join us for a live show sometime, please do. We try to do it every single Wednesday after The Flash airs on 5 p.m. Central Time Wednesdays. Yes, come and join us. It's a blast, hopefully, for those who are able to tune in. <laughs> uh, man, before we dive into this episode, we got. Uh, I want to want to let the people know we are now a member of the TV Talk Network. That's right, not just DC TV Talk, the TV Talk Network. TVTalk.fm is the place to find wonderful podcasts that go even far reaching than just DC tv shows it has grown it has digivolved if you will we now have uh star wars tv talk we got we got talking tv talk we got all kinds of tv talks maybe even some new ones in the work as well so oh and legends tv talk yeah those guys they're, they're yeah i i have an idea for a new show uh, no, uh is this really the time bell yes absolutely it, it, it's it, it's a show where i talk about new tvs that are coming out and it's gonna be called tv tv talk oh i like it but right now we are gonna talk some flash so let's jump into the rundown the, the rundown, rundown. Episode 11 of Season 5, Seeing Red, directed by Marcus Stokes, and story by... Judelina Neria and Thomas Pound. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, during a battle with Cicada, Nora is severely injured. And due to Cicada's dampening powers, Nora's speed healing isn't working, leaving Barry and Iris scared for their daughter's future. Upset about his injured child, the Flash is filled with rage and confronts Cicada in a brutal battle. Meanwhile, Killer Frost keeps interfering with Caitlin's work on the cure. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a shorter one, but to be fair, it's a bit of kind of a, a lighter episode. Now, that being said, I feel like it was a vast improvement over last week's, and let's talk about it. Nora, man, Nora is walking, uh, so to speak, in the path of her father as she ends up losing her legs, much as Barry did to Zoom several seasons ago. What do you think about Nora, man? Um, I don't know. I was kind of confused by this episode a little bit. Really? Um well, there, there seems to be lessons that were that were lessons that were learned that were immediately lost, and then lessons that were lost that were immediately relearned by different characters. Welcome to the Flash. How, how so, man? Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, you know, last episode, uh, Nora, the lesson that she learned there was all about second chances and giving people second chances and stuff. Sure. And and uh, I, you know, I, I I presume that explains uh, her reaction as to why. She was like, oh, no, he's going to kill Cicada when like earlier in the episode uh, last week, she was basically like, I don't care. This woman didn't hurt anybody and just damaged some buildings, but we should throw the book at her. Mm. And then Cicada, who's murdered three people in one episode, she's like, no way, dad, don't kill him. And I mean, I, 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 I understand like she's trying to grow from that. But like Barry, Mr. Forgiveness, who told her that lesson was all like, yeah, he hurt my kid and I'm going to murder him. And he didn't. I don't know. It's just it's just. It's just strange. Yeah. No, I mean, Bell, that did happen. <laughs> that yeah, did, that yeah. did happen. But, I mean, we've seen this before, right? That is a little par from the course. Uh, I would argue that, you know, as with most situations where there's a little bit of a continuity issue or maybe a characterization out of place, we've had worse before. You know what I mean? Like, I want to say last season and, and especially the season before that, we had characters learning lessons and then forgetting them almost instantly the next episode. 
So it it is a little par for the course. I would love a little bit tighter writing. And, you know, I will say, as we go into the second season, uh, this also seems to be par for the course that some of the writing doesn't seem as tight as it is in the first half. Now, we'll see what ends up happening, but, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's fair, man. I feel like that's some fair criticism. Okay, yeah. It was just, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, the, the, the situations there, you know, uh, when uh, it, twice they had Cicada on the ropes and the ability to slap metacuffs on him and mm. completely get rid of him, and twice they did not do that. Um, one time was when you know uh, Killer Frost uh, stuck him to the wall, and they were like, "Oh, we need Caitlyn right now," as opposed to the only person who can defeat Cicada. Eh. <laughs> I, and then the other yeah. time, you know, like you know, they, uh, Flash beats him up, and then uh, you know he uses the distraction of Nora to like run away. Well, so here's what it is. I, and I, I was actually, I was thinking about this earlier today. And again, this is kind of the first half versus the second half argument, but the first half of this season, and I feel like in some of the better first halves of the season, this has always been the case. The stories seem very character driven. Whereas in the second half of the season, they seem very like plot driven or, you know, scenario driven. Like in this episode, we want like, you know, the goal here is we want to, you know, uh, put Nora in the same situation that Barry was in, you know, or we want we want specifically for Barry to get to a place where, um, you know, where he, he wants to kill, uh, kill. But then he realizes life is, is the way forward. I, you know, I, I don't know. But overall, yeah. it's not you don't you're right in that you don't necessarily see the evolution of the characters or, or the characters really driving the plot you really see more of the plot driving the characters. that being I mean, the, the, the only character that had a, a uh, an actual arc you know uh, across this entire episode was uh was was, was snake eyes <laughs> oh man snake eyes all right so let's let's Norvok, i guess let, yeah. let's keep going with this man because we do uh <laughs> <laughs> Should we just jump to that? We got so many uh, rogues. We got some return, uh, returning great rogues like Peekaboo. Uh, Peekaboo. We also got some uh, some creep creeper rogues uh, like Snake Eyes coming back at this one. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I tweeted this out, man. While I was watching live, uh, our network went out right at the moment where it's like this close up <laughs> on his dead eye. And I'm like, oh, man. And I just had that stay like on my screen for five minutes straight. I'm like, I got to look at Snake Eyes here for like five minutes straight. Just burns into your TV. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. But anyway, it's a it's a funny image if you want to uh, check out the, the Flash TV Talk Twitter handle. But but Snake Eyes has got a buddy, man. He went out and uh, teamed up with Swedish Chef. Yeah, we, we, no, his name was Pork. Oh, no, Bork, Bork, Bork. I thought it was Bork with a B. <laughs> no, no, no. Pork with a P because no. he's like a big dude. No, no, it was Bork with a B. I promise you it was Bork. No, no, no. If, if it was that, it was Bjork, and that's just <gasps> Bjork's new costume. Do you think it was a? You think it was a nod to me? And what are they saying about me if that's me? <laughs> he was overweight and dumb. Yeah, but he was intensely strong. Yeah, that's not me at all. <laughs> yeah, that's like the exact opposite of you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I put on a couple of pounds, but regardless, we've gotten these great. Uh, we got this great rogues coming in. Uh, I honestly, the, the one that I was most surprised by is, is peekaboo. It was great to see a, a return of peekaboo. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of a, a fun little factoid I'll, I'll uh, kind of share with you. You know, back in the day, Bell and I used to have a, uh, a web comic called the brogues, which is a, a, a legally differentiated parody of the rogues. And, uh, and we went in the third volume of what that series was going to be. It was going to be kind of a focus on the broguettes and Pika broguette was going to be one of kind of the, the main characters in the, uh, in that third volume. And so whenever whenever I, I hear Peekaboo, I was like, oh, Peekaboo. And it just reminds me of all the stories I had for Peekaboo Get. And I'm like, ah, 
we got to get back to the Brooks. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, it's I was going to tweet it out uh, um, yesterday, but I didn't have the means and uh, whatever. Uh, uh, but I was drawing last night while um, the flash was going on. So uh, I was working on something for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, that's good. Hey, in fact, speaking of that, I know we're kind of uh, kind of veered off here for just a quick second. But um, the Harry and Cisco Rick and Morty sketch that our patreon subscribers got at the end of last season uh you know that was that image was posted out to reddit and it was one of reddit's uh, best of for last year was it yeah how cool is that that's pretty neat yeah so uh so there you go so man you got uh you gotta you gotta up up the ante this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, of course if you want to uh, support the show please do patreon.com slash tv talk is the place to do it now back to the show all right, man. So, uh, you know, Nora is she is benched uh, for a good port of the, portion of this episode. And while she is, Wells kind of takes advantage of the scenario the situation by interrogating her more about this language. How, how close is Wells getting here, do you think? Like, do you think he's actually on to what's really going on or do you think he's really just kind of sniffing out a case? I feel like he's sniffing out a case because the revelation that he makes at the end of the episode is that there's two distinct handwritings. And so I don't think they would have made that point if he was if if he knew more than he was leading on that he knows. Right. I think it's one of those things where she's hiding her tracks well enough that that he knows something's up, but he hasn't quite pieced everything together. And so, you know, like I said, at the end of the episode, when he finds out it's two handwritings, this is when it's going to start to snowball, I think. Um, and And also kind of, you know, looking at what happens in next week's episode, I think they're going to find out a lot more as well. And so, yeah, the, 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 his discovery that it was two handwritings, uh, is is really going to pique his interest. And then that's where they're going to go in and kind of figure out, uh, exactly what's going on. So I think it's, it's, uh, Nora's secret is about to be over here. Interesting. Well, good. Cause that's, I mean, you know, that, that is kind of the big one, the big plot line of this second half of the season that's, you know, I'm, I'm personally most kind of peaked in. I mean, I, I wonder if, Okay, so let me let me ask you this because they kind of positioned, arguably, Wells to be something of I don't want to say a villain, this episode, but you know his back and forth with uh, Iris was that you know he was kind of in the wrong, right? I mean I, I would argue that that if you see somebody interrogating your kid, you'd have a very similar reaction that Iris had, but I'm kind of curious as to whether or not we're supposed to interpret from that interaction that Wells is not to be trusted. What do you think? No, this, uh, all that did was, was harken back to me. The whole fact that, uh, Iris put the little speed inhibitor in Nora in the first place to mm. protect her. She is a mama bear and you do not get in between a mama bear and her cubs or she will <laughs> tear you to pieces. And so that's, that's what I picked up on that is like, you know, it, 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 it was, uh, she saw something that's going on here with her kid and she didn't like it. And so, you know, cause she's a mom, she wants to, she wants to trust her kid. She wants to believe her kid. She doesn't want to think that her kid is hiding anything or worth investigating. Right. Uh, and, and so that's, I think her reaction there, not that, not that Wells is, was, you know, I don't trust Wells. He's a bad guy. Now it was just like, don't mess with my kid. If you want to talk to my kid or talk about my kid? You come through me first kind of thing. Interesting. Okay, so it was really more of kind of furthering that strengthening of the relationship between Iris and Nora than it was about positioning Wells to be in, in on, on a, um, I hate to say villain, because that's really not right. But I mean, like, he Anti-hero. is- Anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a detective, and he is a little bit more morally gray than the Wells, the non-Eobard Wells that we've gotten in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, I give you that. Because HR was like, you know, he was kind of the the 
totally good, goofy Wells and everything. Harry, I wouldn't consider Harry Morley gray. He was more the antihero. You know what I mean? Like he would come in, he would get the job done. Yeah, he by would, any means necessary. That's right. He he came in, blast, and he would kill some folks. And speaking of killing some folks, can we talk about Killer Frost here for a second? Uh, you mean slightly wound Frost? <laughs> <laughs> Graze you with a knife, Frost? <laughs> it's only a scratch, Frost. <laughs> it's merely a flesh wound, Frost. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so they did at least acknowledge, or at least Killer Frost acknowledged, the fact that she doesn't quite live up to her name. And good on them. I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. But couldn't we have walked away from that with, all right, with with, with a new name, right? Like, like can't can we just call Killer Frost just Frost? Like, like why can we not call her Frost? Um, I don't know. Why can't she just have killed Cicada and then been Killer Frost right then and there? Well, so I know the answer to that because we're not ready to have Caitlyn as a villain. And I would think that with that being the case, that's perfectly fine. You know, she was Killer Frost in that other universe. I get that. But given the fact that Caitlyn is not a killer, it would make more sense to me that as they're going on this more anti-hero or, or just kind of a... I mean, not even anti-hero, right? I mean, she's she's kind of a good guy. She doesn't really kill anybody. Like, Arrow is more of a villain than she is. Arrow, yeah, yeah. He's killed a lot more people than Caitlyn ever has. Exactly. And, like, you know, her mean streak isn't as bad as some of his, so I'm, I'm kind of seeing it more as, like, at this moment in time, she should be more of, like, just a Frost. And I get it. In the comics, she's Killer Frost. In the series, she is not Killer Frost. She is in no way Killer Frost. They're like, in no way are we seeing Killer Frost on screen. Now, we may be seeing an origin story for Killer Frost, but we're not currently seeing Killer Frost. <gasps> what if? Oh, my. Something, like, weird, you know, we got this, we got this, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a little bit later, but, like, the, the whole cure thing, and, like, somehow Caitlyn gets injected with the cure, but it cures Caitlyn instead of Killer Frost, and that's oh. when she goes nuts, because she doesn't have the Caitlyn side to keep her in check. And Interesting. She, yeah. So, like, Killer Frost was the real her all along. Yeah. Ooh, Belle, I like that. I still don't think we should call her Killer Frost. I think it's a mouthful. Like, even, even just, like, Killer Frost, why are you doing this? Like, just. Call her K or, or call her Frost. KF. KF. Yeah, KF's know. good. KFC, you know? KFC. <laughs> <laughs> if, what, is Caitlin, Caitlin spelled with a C or a K? Uh, it's, uh, it's with a C. Oh, yeah. Killer Frost, Caitlin. KFC. KFC. We're going to call her KFC from now on. Yeah. KFC. I love it. All right. <laughs> I'm loving it. No, wait. That's another. <laughs> that's a different one. It's a wrong fast food chain. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that was my whole thing. By the way, um, in the, uh, John Wesley Ship, JWS, speaking of their uh, three letter. Got in on the fun and, and suggested Miss Frost uh, as a as a name for her. Uh, <laughs> however, some people were saying that's too much like the the X Men character um, Emma Frost. But I I don't know I don't know. We'll see we'll see what they come up with. But KFC whatever we'll keep on watching her her story. Uh, the Cure does continue to be a story throughout this uh, season, and it does look like that is going to be kind of a continuing through line for. The remainder of the series and those like myself that don't necessarily like that we'll just get used to it and it'll be fine um what are you thinking man i mean like do you think the fact that we got so many metas grouped together this episode while a cure is being worked on i mean do you do you think we'll see a scenario in which uh be it vibe or kfc 
uh, forces or has the option to force the cure upon all of these different metas that we just saw and more? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, I mentioned this last episode when we were talking about the cure. It, it's as as like an idea, as a standpoint of like being able to provide someone relief from a power that they don't want. It's a great thing. But just the fact that it exists means that it can be used to force people to have a cure who don't want it. Right. So there's like this, this catch 22 here. Yeah, you help some people, but you also empower others to hurt people. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Um, I feel like there's going to be a conundrum at some point where this cure is made and then the wrong people get their hands on it. But I don't know. It seems so convoluted. And so like, I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to make a cure, right? And they're going to use that. And, and honestly, this is what I was thinking of earlier today is that that, uh, the reason why, uh, Cicada's daughter is in a coma is something to do with a, uh, meta gene or something like that. It's, it's not meta tech per se, but, Basically, her power is that she's in a coma, <laughs> and they're going to use the cure to cure that power from her, and she's going to wake up. That's that's what I think they're going to do with it, and then uh, maybe they'll use that on Cicada as well. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I, I feel like there's probably going to be some sort of incident where mm-hmm. there's going to be people who have their powers taken away from them forcefully. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's 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 something that I wasn't anticipating them to go this route for the second half of the season, but it's. It's obviously going to be there, and so they're going to do something with it. So I'm I'm guessing that there's going to be people having their powers forcefully removed by, like, cure guns or something, a la X-Men 3. See, you never want to go X-Men 3. <laughs> That's my yeah. argument with all this. You just never want to go You never X-Men go full 3. X-Men 3. <laughs> all right, so let me ask you this. Her father, Icicle Sr., do you think the cure will play into his storyline? Uh, I could see that. I really could see that. The, the What we don't know right now is how much of her father's left. Uh, you know, it did... Icicle Senior fully excise her father because uh, obviously like the, the earlier parts when they first met him was just Icicle Senior pretending. So if she decides to cure him, would she be a hypocrite? If, K- if KFC cures Icicle Senior, is she a hypocrite in that she wouldn't get rid of her own Killer Frost, mm. but she would get rid of her father's to, quote, save him? That's an interesting moral uh, moral dilemma for her is because she wants her father back. Her father's this criminal now, but will she go against what she said and forcibly remove someone's powers? So I think I think there's a, there's a there's a possibility for drama there, which could be nice. We'll see what happens. I, and I did say that this was a way that I, you know, I could see the story working well, specifically with, you know, KFC kind of pushing back on it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. But uh, yeah, I, I like your theories, man. I like them a lot. Uh, you know, I had a theory early on in this episode that feared uh, that that uh, aff- it made me afraid uh, for fear of the beard when it oh, seemed oh, yeah. early on like Patrick Sabangi, I mean uh, uh, Captain Singh, was responsible for uh, you know off in these metas or at least providing the info, and uh, it's so, <laughs> until until Jones until like midway through the episode like oh hey Jones. Like, oh, hey. And it's like, okay, there's a character we've never heard, is never seen before or got a name for who just got a name. No, no, no. That was, was the guy. That was the guy who was uh, attacked by Cicada uh, when they were transporting Gridlock. Yeah, when they were, like, <sighs> was it really? Right. Was it? Right. Was it? No. Jones? Uh, I th- Sabagi said to him, he said, uh, or no, no, it was, it was uh, Cecile. Cecile said to him, you know, that meta made you do something that you didn't want to do. So this guy got controlled at some point by somebody. Yeah, but I thought that was backstory. We actually saw that on, on screen. 
I could have sworn because I knew that guy looked familiar and I was like, oh, OK, I guess he's from an earlier episode. I couldn't remember what episode he was. From. <laughs> See, all these CW actors and background actors are all on the exact like they all go back and forth between shows. And sometimes they appear on the same show as different characters like Smallville did that a ton. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Arrow did it with uh, with Patrick Sabongi. He was a criminal. That's right. That- that's right. That's right. Yes. What can you that? It's it's good to see that that Captain Singh has like reformed his ways, <laughs> <laughs> going from a criminal to you know the the freaking uh, chief of police. That's that's uh or uh, yeah uh, director, captain, captain, captain. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um. So you know it's it's proof that you know given second chances, which was our theme last episode, uh, anybody can can get on the right path. That's so. crazy. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but no, so I did not write if if Jones if Jones here if Jonesy was actually on a previous episode, I I did not recognize him. Uh, and so as soon as they popped up, even even still, it's like oh here's hey hey new character here's a name for you. So it's like you're either about to die or you did it. You know. Yeah, I, I just ah man, it was it was bugging me because when I saw him, I was like, this guy's been in something before. And then when Cecile mentioned that like this meta, you know, made you do things or whatever, I was like, oh god, I know, I know that's been somewhere. I just couldn't remember the episode or the reference or whatever it was. So I'm just glad it wasn't Sing. Oh man, I was worried. I was like, no, if you make if you make Sing a bad guy, I'm I'm done. I know. <laughs> you better fear these beards. That's what I'm telling. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Too much respect for the beard as a fellow beard person. <laughs> A fellow beard person. I love it. It's beard like, American. I don't know. It sounded like bird person. Bird person. Yeah. <laughs> beard person. Beard person would like. <laughs> beard person would like beard oils. Beard oils, yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Barry, in the end, uh, is saved at the last minute. He, he does, you know, he starts getting pushed. Uh, Cecile, you know, Cecile's powers of kind of um, perception uh, playing pretty heavily into this, kind of, you know, discovering how people are feeling, what they're thinking. And, of course, she does perceive, uh, you know, not only that Jones is responsible, but what's going on with Barry in terms of wanting to be pushed to uh, push to even kill. Cecile, by the way, facilitating, I mean, you know, with, with uh, Papa Joe uh, on, on the mend, although uh, soon to return to the show, apparently. Yeah. Um, Cecile, Mama, Mama Cecile's been doing great, man. Oh, yeah. Like, like she, she's really, like, fi- like filled those shoes ex- surprisingly well. Like, Papa Joe, like, the, the Joments and everything was kind of like a stable of the show. And Cecile, I'll tell you what it did it for me. It was the episode where she had the one-on-one with, uh, with, with uh, Nora and was telling the stories about, you know, uh, her father, but it was actually the stories about her mom. And yeah. just kind of the, you know, no, 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 we don't talk like that in the West Allen house. I was like, I was like. Cecile, that's right. Cecile, she's she's the uh, she's the grandma in this. She's the matriarch in this family. Now I do wonder if yeah. we're ever going to see her kids again. Because I did think about it when she was talking about being a parent and the children. I'm like, you got other kids. Are we ever going to see them again? I don't know. <laughs> well, and another thing that that uh, that I think is going to be interesting when Joe comes back, when uh, you know Captain Singh was like, you know, you and Joe, when you get back, you guys are going to be unstoppable. I think that's foreshadowing. I think something's going to be cool. Mm. Like we're going to have a maybe like a, a spinoff buddy cop comedy of <laughs> it's like the da and joe <laughs> yeah well i mean like i think really what will probably end up happening is the meta meta threats will as they increase you know they'll probably just make the decision for uh joe and cecile and uh and the baby to to kind of you know uh, step step out maybe maybe actually go over to um you know a different city uh maybe spend some time with wally uh maybe spend spend some time with her kids yeah i don't know i don't know but i, I do yeah. i see that as a way as our heroes step further and further into that more mentor role, you know, especially if we end up keeping Nora, which we'll talk about here in, in just a minute. Uh, you know, I, 
I think that we're ready. You know, I, I, I've been arguing for a while that it might be time for Joe to die. This would provide an opportunity for Joe to not die, but at the same time, effectively no longer be in that mentorship role or have Cecile be that mentorship role either. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Barry does, after the realization and, and, and you know being stopped from killing Cicada, uh, realizes there's a different approach here, and that's the fact that Cicada's a father. He's being driven by the fact that his daughter is dying. And perhaps, you know, since they got a bunch of doctors lying around and some of the best uh, super tech, meta tech, whatever you want to call it, in the uh, in the world right there in their lab, the new approach, in, instead of judgment, is grace. See what I did there? hey <laughs> Yeah. So they're going to save grace, man. Saving grace. What do you think? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I kind of thought that's what they might try and do. Oh, okay. I did not see that coming, but maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> Really? I know. I didn't see that. I, you know, we, we've talked to, about like, you know, how is Grace going to come back and what about those twins and, and that sort of thing. I, I feel like an idiot, but it never really occurred to me the fact that, especially with Caitlin on the team, they've got like a super doctor, you know, they, they've, yeah. they've been curing all kinds of crazy stuff. Why, why not go and see if they can apply this to, uh, to, to this child that's injured in the hospital? Well, again, I, I don't think it's going to be anything like a standard medical tech. I, I, I think the cure, the the you know, metagene cure, is going to be oh. in, uh, instrumental in making oh. her recover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Because yeah, like you know, we, we were talking about having terrible, uh, you know, I say mutant powers, but terrible metahuman powers. Like you know, everyone who comes near you bursts into flames. Uh, maybe hers is she's her 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 metagene power is she just is in a coma. And <laughs> like, yeah. that's just the worst power ever. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> the power of sleep. Yes. Yes. That'd you know, awesome. What are you talking about? Worst power ever. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I'm thinking the meta, the meta human cure is going to have something that's, is, that's going to be instrumental in getting grace uh, back up and running. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be neat to see how they managed to convince Cicada that they want to help him and help his daughter. And I don't see him making the same 180 degree turn that Barry did just because they're like, Hey, we fixed your daughter. Cause he's still already killed like six people. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, it's the same thing from last week. I got a daughter and she's really sick and it makes it okay for me to break the law. Like I, I it's the same, same type of deal. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. I had a thought while watching the final battle. What if Cicada himself is actually a meta? And the dagger is actually suppressing his own meta ability. <gasps> Ooh, what if? I mean, I, I think you're right with the cure situation. But what if his meta ability is to specifically cure what's ever wrong with her meta ability, but he never even discovered it because the dagger was keeping him from doing it. So if he had just dropped the dagger, he could have healed her all along. That would be a, a nice little, you know, poetic justice thing for Cicada. Yeah. That it's his own fault, that everything is his fault. I like it. Yeah, you could see that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We want to know what you see happening. Let us know your thoughts uh, on this episode uh, via the Facebooks and the social medias uh, so we can discuss it. In fact, someone did let us know their thoughts and, in fact, had a good question for us, which is going to bring us into this week's Speedster Speculation. Uh, this is actually from uh, Shannon, who writes in and says, uh, Curious what you guys think will happen to Nora's character. Uh, death? Will she be written off and referenced like Wally and every now and again? Uh, will something change and she size, uh, ceases to over oh, ceases to ever exist? This is my Speedster Speculation of the Week. And Shannon, it is now ours. What is the future of Nora? Belle, 
I kind of think that what's going to happen is that she is going to end up changing time so much that she erases herself from existence mm. and that she's going to have a very tearful going away moment being like, you know, hey, mom and dad, don't worry. I'll see you in a couple years kind of thing. And that's Ooh. like like be, because of what she's doing with Eobard, uh, she is manipulating time for him. And the, the I think the way that they get past his plans is to change something so drastically so that uh, this version of Nora doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and, and so I, I feel like it's, it's it's not necessarily killing her. It's not uh, – I guess it's more writing her out. But it's going to be a thing where she sacrifices herself to stop Eobard and will have a tearful goodbye where, you know, again, it'll be like something like, you know, I'll see you in a couple years sort of thing. Mm. So <sighs> – I'm so torn on this, man. It's almost like she's set up for tragedy. Her name yeah. is Nora. She's named after Barry's mother, whose death spearhead this entire series, like since the beginning. And we're dealing with Nora and we're dealing with Eobard. And that is a recipe for death and pain and <sighs> and tragedy. I don't yeah. want, I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. I don't want her to be wiped out. I don't want her to be wiped out from existence. Even what you said, Bell, about like, even if it's like a pleasant type of fading out, but yet she will exist in the future or like a, a different version of her. So, so, so maybe because of her machinations, she does, she changes the timeline in such a way that Barry lives, but that means that she can no longer be from that timeline. So she's disconnected. She becomes a remnant and she fades away in much the same way we saw Eobard, in much the same way we saw uh, Barry, or alternate Barry, Savitar Barry. That makes yeah. sense. And that would be kind of a bittersweet way to end her story because she she successfully saved her father. So Nora saved Barry. Okay, hang on. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So Nora <laughs> would come back and save Barry, and so it would actually be a nice echo, but a kind of a tweaking that gives it kind of more of a, a happy bookend, uh, if you will. Oh, Belle. Mm. Uh, look, Here's the deal, right? Uh, who did we not see this entire episode? Cisco. Um, who did we who did we not see the entirety of the last episode? Ralph. Baby, baby giraffe. Yeah, baby giraffe. Who we was in this many... episode? Uh, we we never actually talked about him. Uh, normally, we try to cover all the uh, uh, characters. Baby giraffe also in this episode. Yes, baby giraffe also in this episode uh, saved a bunch of metas. Uh, helped with Snake Eyes's uh, character arc that he had, the little short character arc he had. Yeah, there, yeah, had a heart nice. to heart with Caitlin and such. Yeah, or, or yeah, not Caitlin, yeah. but KFC. Yeah. And uh, anyway, w the point I'm trying to get to is that we keep on having these situations. And, and if it and if it goes for three out of three weeks next week uh, where we write a character off and we explain, oh, they're out doing something like visiting their sister or working on the cure in the Arctic base like Cisco was this episode, then I yeah, I, I'm I will be shocked if they keep Nora around because there's just there's too many characters. We got too many stuff, too much stuff going on. And Trade uh, baby giraffe. Even even likable baby giraffe is still unnecessary. I just think Nora is necessary. I here's my thing. I think Nora is necessary because it propels Barry on the hero's journey. It, it propels all of them, but especially Barry and especially uh, Iris. It, it it propels them on their hero's journey because they are no longer by removing Cecile and Joe and placing Barry and Iris further into that dynamic. Then they are then you know the 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 apprentice is now the master you know what I mean like that that that's an important step in the hero's journey, and I see Nora as a very important part of that, and I also see her becoming 
I want her to become Kid Flash. I want Wally to come back. <laughs> I'm serious. I want her to. I, I want Wally to come back and give her his costume and basically kind of give her his blessing to be the new Kid Flash because that makes sense to me. She is essentially the Bart Allen of this series. I just I don't know. Like I, I was, I'm just so disappointed with what they did with Wally. And uh, I know, you know, I know, but they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to fix Wally. I, did, I mean, sure. like, and I mean, not that he necessarily even needs fixing, but suffice to say it was a wasted opportunity with that character. And unfortunately with the way they, they kind of structured his story, it's done. So you can't really get the kid flash kind of deep. Like she is the kid flash that we've wanted. Like she is getting that mentorship. She is going down that path and she is wrestling with the idea of, or she, well, let me put it this way. She's moving into a position where in a future season, she could be more stuck in the shadow of somebody she wants idolized a la Kid Flash. That is Kid Flash right there. You know what I mean? Like, we, we could see yeah, this happening. But you, you, you can't have this character from the future be, it just, I don't know. It, it, if, it, if, it's, if her time, all right, so if they tell it in such a way that instead of her timeline changing, thus eradicating her, there's a way to make it so that she still lives. Ooh, Belle, let me put it to you this way. If they determine what it is that allowed Eobard to survive drastic changes to the timeline, they could apply that same method to Nora. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If Eobard survives this season, there's no reason why Nora can't. I just don't think they're going to do it. I know. I, I, I think the reason I think the reason why is uh, what like why why they would keep Ralph around and not Nora is that you know Ralph is a different character with a different power set, um, and it makes it. There, there's there's other ways to solve problems other than speed, right? When you have two speedsters on there, it's it's kind of like how is not everything solved instantaneously? And it's the same thing with Barry. Like, you know, okay, yeah, sure, Cicada takes their powers away and stuff, but like it's uh, two speedsters without the mentor-mentee relationship, which is what we all want, which we're never going to get, I don't feel. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't – I don't think it works as well because I don't know. I don't know. I just – yeah. I just I just feel like they're going to get rid of Nora, and it's I, I feel like they're going to do a good job with it though. I feel like there's a lot they can do to make it emotional, to make it uh, uh, impactful, and to make it you know good television. Um, keeping her around, I just don't think lends itself to good television. That's that's just me. All right, I mean, yes, I hear what you're saying. I just like the character. I don't want to leave. I, I know I do too. I do too, and and. That's the thing, though, is it's just it, it just seems like you just muddle stuff up uh, and it would make a lot more sense poetically, like you said, for Nora to say Barry. Yeah, uh, that does, I and, mean, that is kind of a beautiful ending if they choose to go that route. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what ends up happening, but we want to hear your thoughts. What is your speculation as to Nora's demise? Is she going to be with us for the long haul? Or has she? Uh, will she end up running the end of her race at the end of this uh, this season? Hey, this is Patrick Sabongi, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. That's the sound of the police in my hood. All right, man, we got some uh, listener feedback in. Uh, all right, so uh, we got listener feedback on this episode. We got uh, Justin Lambert saying, "What if the clock countdown, referring to, of course, what Eobard was looking at last episode, is actually the countdown to the cure?" either giving it to him or it taking effect. I like that. I I thought I was thinking execution, mm. but the cure makes a lot more sense. It makes a lot more sense. Uh, and it's less sadistic to have a countdown to administering a drug to take someone's powers away 
which I guess you could argue is a type of death than to actually like broadcast a countdown to them being killed by the state. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, but I, why, all right. So I get it from that standpoint. Sure. But I mean, like, why, why, why would that be a driving factor for Nora? Cause she's, she's aware of the countdown and well, because she, how, how can Eobar teach her anything if he doesn't have powers? I mean, he taught Barry. Well, I guess he, he could be lying to her about stuff, but he taught Barry when he didn't have powers. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like, uh, it, it's, a uh, you know, yeah, it's a quid pro quo, right? So sure, you, I, sure. you know, you help, you me, help yeah. me and I'll teach you stuff. But if I get my powers taken away, no one can teach you stuff because hmm. your dad's gone. Your mom's not going to do it. And then I'm the only one you have. And so if you want to learn these things, then. Bell, what if it, what if the countdown had nothing to do with you, Bard? What if the countdown has to do with the fact that she's going back in time is going to catch up with her in that time? I I, I need to rewatch the scene with the clock just right, to see right. how he reacts and how she reacts and what the lines are. Well, so the implication is that they are both on the clock, or at least they are on the clock to get something done. At that moment, it's clear that he's on the clock. But what if the idea is actually that she's on the clock? Because we know that based on the changes, or at least we can assume that based on the changes that she's made, it's going to impact things like the relationship with her mom, like Iris should be completely different. The entire timeline should be fairly drastically different. If she is able to succeed in doing something within that time period, I'm just throwing it out there. I could be way off, but just yeah, I, I need I need to rewatch that scene in particular and just kind of see like who was more stressed. Yeah, was Eobard more stressed that the countdown was happening, or was Nora? And uh, what the lines were there would really help kind of figure that out as well. Yeah, I think you're but right. I I do like the idea of a countdown to the cure. I think I think that makes sense in my mind. Just based off what I was thinking that it was an execution. But, I mean, taking a speedster's speed, you may as well execute them. I think the stakes need to be higher than that. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think I, I don't think so. Bell does. Good question, Justin. Uh, man, we also got some feedback, some very extensive feedback. This is feedback as it relates to panel to screen. So, for those of you um, who, uh, who uh, only tune in for the Flash TV Talk episodes or perhaps were unaware, uh, Bell and I do uh, some occasional reviews of movies and put them out on this uh, channel called Panel to Screen. And during the hiatus, we reviewed another DC property in movie form, which was Aquaman. Uh, Bell, do you think it's all right? I mean, can we can we address this since we did get this in this week? And uh, who knows when the next Panel to Screen will be? I, well, I think we should, you know. It's uh, DC. For, it's DC. It's, it's DC. And uh, uh, yeah, and I, I, I think it I think it fits. All right. All right. So gear change here to Aquaman. But uh, what did Gunnar have to say? All right, so Guna writes, just listen to you guys' review on Aquaman. I hope the main pod comes back soon. I'm still not used to panel to screen releasing under Flash TV Talk. Neither are we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I was lukewarm about the movie, especially the music. Oh, God, the music was bad. Uh, and much of the dialogue, face palmed. Uh, but you guys were cold. Although I do want to point out a couple things. And the wait, first wait. thing that Guna... Huh? Wait, 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 especially the music and much of the, but you guys were cold. I wasn't cold. I, I was pretty cold. Yeah, you were. I wasn't. But keep going. Anyway, so the first thing that Gunnar's pointing out is that lava can actually exist underwater in its red hot flowing state in oceans. Booyashaka! Booyashaka! Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, all right, that's, uh, that's like your thing, not though. To the extent, 
not to the extent in the movie, but who knows? Maybe that area of Atlantis was located in uh, volcanic eruption points. Uh, I didn't say that lava couldn't exist underwater in its red hot flowing state. I said that if it was there in its red hot flowing state, there'd be so much steam you wouldn't be able to see anything. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, Move along. What's his next point? Yeah, I'm. I just gotta. I gotta. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Gunnar's oh, yeah, next yeah. point is Atlanteans hadn't had lack of water as their weakness, at least for the highborn, uh, since New Fifty Two, uh, which this movie drew its inspirations heavily from. Okay, I I, I didn't know that. I was wondering because uh, the movie it seemed like only the highborns could breathe on land, and so uh, that was. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, that, I did not realize that either. My my knowledge comes mostly from alternate media. In, in, in the Aquaman form, there was a season of life in which I read Aquaman, which was like college back when he had the magic absorbing water hand. Uh, oh, yeah. And so, which is a very kind of different take on Aquaman than this. Well, I don't know. There's some similarities there, but like it was, it was anyway. So it was a, little, a bit, bit different from in terms of my comic knowledge. Uh, so I was going based on other media. I apologize if I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, cool. And Gunnar's third point. Maybe including Black Manta did contribute to the increase in runtime, but for one, I think they weren't sure if it was going to get a sequel. Uh, it's an expensive film, and DC movies haven't been so successful, so they probably want to do everything in case they didn't get a second shot. Also, I think a key point of author's growth in the movie is to learn mercy. Mm. From the beginning, where he left Manta's father and said, ask the ocean for mercy, to the end, where he left Orm alive and wanted to talk instead. Arthur learned mercy because of his experience with Manta. If Manta hadn't come back to haunt him in Italy, he would uh, he wouldn't have gotten that lesson. And actually, it's the only part of Aquaman's growth that I enjoyed. Him being king was not convincing for me at all. So for me, Manta can't be taken out of the movie. Uh, yeah, no, I, I the the mercy lesson there. Uh, I, I get that. That makes sense. And I, I him being king isn't very convincing for me at all either. Uh, so I agree with you there, Gunnar. Um, I, I think it's just the circumstances in which, anyway, let's get to the fourth point before we talk about that. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Get, get to the so fourth the, point. Yeah. Fourth point from Gunnar is, uh, I don't remember what Bell's reaction to Tony wanting to kill Bucky at the end of civil war, but man, I don't get why Bell couldn't understand Manta's hate towards Arthur at all. Uh, but in any case, this is also part of the origin story of Black Manta in the New 52 comics, although much less brutal in the film. Uh, anyway, sorry about the long email. Love listening to you two. Uh, thank you both for Flash TV Talk and Panel to Screen. Uh, so, and, and so looking forward to listening to you guys talk about the new episode of Flash this week. Uh, well, we're excited to talk about it here and to answer your, uh, your email in, in Flash TV Talk. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, the reason why it's weird to me is that this guy's a pirate. And this guy goes around and he just killed 20 people and he's mad that the guy that his dad tried to kill and that he tried to kill didn't save his dad. It's I don't know. It's no, just, you, made, it's, you made your argument. I think, I you know, look, for, it didn't work for you, Bill. I obviously worked for a lot of people and made a ton of money. But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the oh, thing. yeah, yeah. I was not. What I want to address in this is I was not cold on the movie. I loved it. I thought it was delightful. I thought it was fun. I did think it was kind of dumb at times, but I didn't think that was a bad thing. I, I thought it was very clear that I, I enjoyed it very, very much. I didn't mean to imply dumb as a criticism. I realize, obviously, how that comes across, how that can come across as a criticism. But my point is, it wasn't trying to be something that it was not. And for that reason, it really worked very, very well. But yeah. so if I came, if I came across as too cold on Aquaman. Uh, then I apologize. Um, I, I would actually say I was above lukewarm. I very much enjoyed it. So just just want to put that out there. 
Yeah, I didn't think it was bad like the other. Well, uh, Wonder Woman excluded. Uh, it was definitely better than uh, everything other than Wonder Woman. I think I said it was better than Wonder Woman. You did. You did say it was better than Wonder Woman, and I, I don't agree with you on that at all. Uh, but uh, I, I think it jumped over the bar uh, as far as like it was just it, to me it was just dumb. Like it wasn't bad per se. It just um, well it the was reviews very, the reviews there, Bill. Yeah, the yeah yeah check out the review. But there yeah. You go. There you go. Uh, and hey, uh, we'd love for you to check that out. Of course, the panel to screen episodes are available on the Flash TV Talk uh, RSS feed, so be sure to check that out. Also, you can check us out throughout the week on the Twitters. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk or Bell at Ring That Bell or me at The Real Bo York. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for all the latest and greatest plus live broadcast of the Flash TV Talk podcast be sure to check out facebook.com slash flash tv talk and as always special thanks to charlie bog who provides music for our uh, podcast you can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash charlie bach also we are a member of the d uh, the um, not dc tv talk anymore the tv <laughs> talk network be sure to check out tv talk.fm for some great tv talking and more that's gonna do it for us for this week but until next time we'll be back in a flash
Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.